Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Antonio Brown settles the civil suit with his personal trainer. How long before the Bucks re-sign their veteran receiver and the Rays? Well, they're who we thought they were. Did we go into the panic room a little too soon? And did you see what Raiders owner Mark Davis tweeted about the guilty verdict of Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin? We'll discuss all of that and more with Tom Jones, my former radio partner, longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, now with the Pointer Institute on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Tom, it's good to have you. Um, I was... Uh, trying to work on some draft stuff and then lo and behold uh, the uh, the ticker or the twitter as they call it these days the kids do uh uh comes across that antonio brown settled his civil suit this has been going on uh, for for more than a minute he was accused of uh sexual assault and rape i believe by um you know his uh, his personal trainer um but those uh, those two have have now um reached a, a, i guess a, a settlement um, I'm, I'm assuming, and and this is not this has not been made public, obviously, and it won't be. But I'm assuming there was some some uh, financial uh, agreement here, uh, and, uh, and and so at least that part of Antonio Brown's problems, and this this actually stemmed uh, longer than just this off season. I mean, they thought that perhaps this case might have come to trial or or close to that last year, but because of COVID. It got pushed back till till after the new year. That's why, you know, when and Brown served an eight game suspension for an assault charge he had on a truck driver, so it was unrelated to this. Um, the league was look, looking into this. They may still, but now it all seems to be sort of behind him, at least for the time being. Um, how much? How much of this do you think may have factored in as to the as to the Bucks? at least apparent reticence. I mean, they've signed all their offseason, you know, their, off, their free agents, except for Brown, really the ones that played. So you think this has been a factor or will be a factor going forward? You know what? I'll, I'll take a little bit of a side turn here, and I wonder if this will suddenly, uh, this if this case is has gone away, um, if now all of a sudden the Bucks are going to have some competition for Antonio Brown. Good point. You know, I wonder if some other teams who – up until now, who don't have experience with them, like the Bucks, uh-huh. do the Bucks had had I think when you look back a pretty good experience with Antonio Very good. Brown. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there are some teams out there who could use a wide receiver who might be willing to pay a little bit more and and pitch to Antonio Brown like, hey, you're not going to have to share the ball with two other All Pro type wide receivers yeah. down in Tampa. Um, we have a good quarterback here. I don't know what team that is, so I, I wonder if that would play a factor into it. But if I'm Antonio Brown and I'm looking at this and, and, and Tom Brady has, has been pretty loyal to me even when I was going through the worst of all this a couple of years ago, um, and then he brought me in here and I had a good time. And I like Bruce Arians. I've always got along with Bruce Arians going back to my Steeler days. Yeah, uh, I, I, it's, it's, it seems like it's a, a pretty good fit here. So 
uh, I think for the for the Bucks now, you not that I don't think that they cared necessarily, but certainly you can sign them now with without really worrying as much about anything hanging over their heads here. Yeah, and I and I tend to think that um, there's got to be some optics involved. I mean. And still, the league, from our information, is that the league will still look into this. Look, Jameis Winston was never charged with any crimes. He he had a civil suit, which he also settled with the Uber driver in Arizona. He got three-game suspension. Yeah. Um, I conduct. think that what – and Ben Roethlisberger, I ben don't believe, was charged well. like criminally. Nope, never never believe. charged criminally, and, and he got uh, even, I believe, more games. But what my point of all this is that – I guess some of it would depend. Had this gone to trial, there might have been some discovery. There was some discovery in the case with Jameis Winston. Um, some of that leaked out uh, through interviews that the that the uh, alleged victim had with um, TMZ and, and others. So, you know, and then plus, of course, Jameis went into the situation with what had happened, you know, in college, which did not did not help his credibility, at least in in that case, um, among other things. So. You know, obviously, it's not the same exact situation, but I, I do think, I do think, if you were the Bucks, you you probably, even though you know Jason Light, when we talked to him uh, on uh, what was it on Wednesday, I believe, he said that, look, we we this civil suit was out there last year, and we took him on, you know, sure, and, right, and we and we had a good experience with him, and he was a good teammate, he was a good player, all those things. So this this really doesn't change a whole lot for us. Mm, I'm not so sure. Not so yeah. sure it does. Because well, so why do you think, Rick, that if it hasn't really changed their thinking, if they were feeling pretty confident about bringing Antonio Brown back, mm-hmm. why isn't he already signed? Why wasn't he already signed? Well, that's a, that's a good question to ask. So so maybe um, maybe they were a little nervous about this. If it didn't reach a settlement and there was discovery and details that then became part of the media and part of the record that might not have put Brown in a very good light, given his history maybe they would not have have gone on with negotiations. They, look, you know, Jason said we we've talked to him, we continue to talk to him. He said, you know, we have we have re-signed most of our free agents that were productive for us a year ago. He's in that category. So, they're going to continue to talk to him. I would be and you may be right. There might now be other teams that would not have considered him before this settlement that now suddenly he'll have a market genie up for him. I don't know that that will happen. But um now I believe sooner than later that 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 the Bucks will probably get Brown in here. I just, I mean, if you're Antonio, what are you motivated by? Are you motivated by rings? Do you want money? Well, certainly you want money, but you 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 actually took away a lot of your own money with some of the antics you had with the Raiders. I mean, Drew Rosenhaus got him a ton of guaranteed money that he wasn't owed by the by the Steelers when he went to when he went to Las Vegas, and then he messed that up. So um, it just depends, but. Here's the answer to every question, as I say all the time. It's Tom Brady. You know, does, if Tom Brady and his relationship are as tight as I think it is, then Brady's going to say, hey, I need you, big guy. Come on back and play. And um, I think Yeah, that's if all things being equal and I'm, and I'm yeah. not getting that much more money from anybody else and the, and the other team doesn't have a chance, you know, if a Jacksonville or somebody like that, they really don't have, you know, much of a chance of winning right now, then why would you? But if there's a team out there, and I don't know who that team is, right? but that, that – could use a wide receiver and they're pretty close to being a Super Bowl type contender. Sure. And the money's uh money, the money's better, better. significantly better than right. I, than I would think about doing it. But otherwise, yeah. And I think with the Bucks too, you know, the Bucks I think the Bucks can 
can sort of be cool about this, you know, in terms of it's a little different than the Jameis situation. I'm not defending one player over another or comparing the cases. I'm just looking at it from the Bucks' point of view is the Bucks needed Jameis Winston. Like they, they were sort of backed into a corner. Like they were, I believe were willing to overlook some things because they really needed a quarterback. They don't need Antonio Brown. You know, right. they, they, so I don't think they'll overpay for him or they can't. No, I don't but, either. I don't either. But, um, and I don't know, Matt, I don't know what impact that'll have on negotiations, but I think I'm just looking from the outside and you, and we'll see you coming up here. I think he'll, I would come back if I was Antonio Brown. I think he will come back. I do too. I think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to happen probably sooner than, um, than later. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, I think it was maybe a week ago. Um, I don't know if I told you. I, I probably told everybody that I just didn't see it. I, 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 I was right there with you, man. I don't see the pitching. I mean, they had lost three out of four to the Texas Rangers. They were headed to New York. Yeah, they they kind of have owned the Yankees. But, listen, this was not – this just did not look like the same team. They weren't hitting the baseball. Um and then lo and behold, maybe it's the Yankees that bring out the best in them because it's you know it's a rivalry, obviously, and and they have, and the Yankees are not going well against anybody. But whatever it is, man, they turned it on in this road trip like nobody's business, and now now I feel like an idiot. Now I feel like, well, you know it's welcome to the club. <laughs> I mean, you know it's a hundred and sixty-two game season. You know that these are the same guys that that hit and pitch their way. They're not the same pitchers, but hit their way. No, we said this, though, to give us a little bit of credit. A week ago, we said, look, we may be coming back here in a couple of weeks and talking about how it's a long season. It's only 12 games in or 13 games in. It's about and four days. Four days later, we did it. We, they we, did, we But say. they do this every year. We, we have, And I think that's part of baseball, too, where you just have these moments where it's like, oh, they're never going to win again. And then they win a couple of games. Like, they're never going to lose again. It's, uh, But I think they're starting to, they're starting to show – Thank goodness for the Yankees, you know, oh like that gosh. team. Oh, my gosh. At least in that series and at least really the last couple of years, as you mentioned. But it's delicious watching the Ray, watching the Yankees just lose their minds and have complete meltdowns because they can't beat the Rays. I love the headlines in the newspapers up there in the tabs. They're so creative. Start spreading the booze, <laughs> B-O-O-S. I mean, it's just been – it's just been it's been great. If you're a long suffering Rays fan, and there really is very uh, very few that aren't, um, even though they made it to the World Series twice, it it it's just got to feel great to watch them. The only the only downer is that Yankee Stadium isn't packed with the COVID and their separation, and there's not as many fans. Um, but yeah, you got to embrace this if you're the Rays, and they and it hasn't been a fluke. Like the thing about the Yankees, like they can't play defense. Judge and Stanton, you know, are sort of like very hit and miss and mostly miss. Um, they have some good pitching, but it, it's, you know, somehow the Rays seem to seem to own them at, at the right times. I can't explain why they suddenly have turned it around against the Yankees. And then, you know, even the Royals were going really, really well until they showed up in Kansas City. I'll tell you what, I watched that game the other night. I think it was it would have been Tuesday night's game. And, uh, Rick, that might have been <laughs> among the worst Major League Baseball games I ever seen. It was the 14-7 to game. And I right. swear, and Rick, I covered a million of them. I've played in a, in a bunch of them. It looked like a high school game at times. You know, guys, you know, wild pitches and defensive plays being messed up and just, you know, shifts that weren't working. It was, it was almost amusing to watch how bad it was at times. And it's funny, I think, when the Rays get into some of these games – 
they they do those kind of ugly games favor them. They find ways to win those games and win them easily. You know, they got to be within. They were up five to nothing. I think it was five to four. Bases um, loaded, I believe. Yeah, I think that. Uh, yeah, exactly. And they got out of that. And then, then you know, the onslaught came. came they started playing home run derby after that. They did. They did. They went back to back. I think in the eighth or ninth inning, whatever it was. Um, and it was freezing cold too. Here's the thing: like, I, it's hard to play baseball. The the first time, the first game they had, it was all about. Well, you know, it's hard to hit in this weather, and uh, you know, it really stings when you hit it on the handle. And it was really a pitcher's night. The next night, same conditions, and they wrapped out seventeen hits and fourteen runs. So it's like, hey, what happened? That it's hard to hit night. I th- um, I forget. I think it, w- it might have been Steve Carney, or it might have been somebody, one of the other local guys, uh, who said that's the key. Go to the chop and turn the temperature down to like forty degrees. Let them play in that. Why because not? They seem to hit when it's uh, when it's that cold. And there was a time when they they could not go to Kansas City had a much better ball club, but they could not go to Kansas City and win anything. Like that was a, that was just a place where they didn't they'd get swept all the time. I got a new favorite Ray too, by the way. You Who's know who that? it is? Brett Phillips. I love watching Brett Phillips play. Because he looks like that guy you played against in high school every day. And he's, he, he looks like it's like just your the goofy guy that you you picked up to play on your softball team, and he's just <laughs> he's always laughing. Like it's he brought the beer, right? He he yeah. brought the beer. You know he brought, he brought the, the beer, right? And he also is is like makes a play in the outfield that as he's running after you, like there's no way he's going to catch it. And then he catches it, and then he gets up laughing. I just right. think he's I I love watching him play. You know what he is? He's he's Kevin Kiermeyer minus the power. Um. But minus the drama a little bit too, you know. It's like he's just a funny guy. I think he's funny, and I like watching minus, him play. So minus the talent, he's Kevin Kiermaier, is what you're saying. Although, although I, I think he's got talent. He doesn't know. He's not going to hit home runs. Like Kiermaier will hit a few more home runs than he will. But defensively, he's pretty. He's good. really good defensively, and he can run. He, he can he run. Can he can run like bases. crazy. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he's going to bat. You know, two fifty for you, but um, no. You know, with Kiermaier out to have a guy like that that you can plug in, still had one of the biggest, one of the biggest moments you would say in World Series history. I mean, just in and of itself. I like was they, thinking about this again the other day, Rick, when because we talked about this recently. Mm-hmm. All time plays in Tampa Bay history. I still, Boy. I still don't think it's. I still think it's a close second. People aren't going to like this. I think it's a close second on the list. I, th- I mean, just for pure drama and everything, and maybe. If the if the Rays had gone on to win the World Series, I would think a little bit differently of that play. I have it just behind Rondé's interception <gasps> in the NFC Championship. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What about Marty St. Louis? Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Marty St. Louis' goal in Game Six of the 2004 Stanley Cup Finals. I know. I know. Really? It didn't win, I know. but it did, they didn't win the World Series. If they had won the World Series. That's what I'm saying. But, I mean, just as far as pure drama, when you think, just relive that play in your head. It's right one there. of the wackiest plays ever. I mean, it's a guy who had no he had no chance of getting hit. None. He, had, right. he shouldn't even have put the ball in play. And he he's got, that guy, like, you he, call off the bench in softball and he doesn't have his shoes on, and he's got right. to wait for him to put his shoes back on. Yeah. And, he, and there was no chance. He had no chance against that pitcher that night. And he and he got a bad call too. It was a, it was like the one two pitch or a one one pitch and should have been ball two. And it was just, I think that was the count. It was a horrible call. Plus he, he had a back. jam. He had a jam shot to center field like that it, ball into a shift that barely got over the guy's head. <laughs> he and then the center him. fielder boots it. And then the guy coming around third falls, falls down. But then they throw it away. Hilarious. The whole thing is just. 
the craziest, wackiest play. It, it's it might be the greatest World Series play, like dramatic moment. So, but I think so. That's just all the craziness. I think puts it second on the list. Now, maybe it's a little recentism or whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah. you know, because yeah. Marty St. Louis, I was in a building the night Marty St. Louis did what he did. I know if, you were. I was in Calgary that night, but. Uh, like Rondi's interception, that play was the play of the year. It wasn't what happened in Game 7. It was what happened in Game 6. With Rondi, it was what happened in the NFC Championship, not what happened in the Super Bowl. Right. You know what? And, and Rick, you were at that game in Philadelphia when Rondi picked that pass off. As soon as he intercepted it, I mean, it, it's, it took him, like, I don't know, six or seven seconds or eight seconds to get in. The whole time, everybody was going, oh, my gosh, the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. Like, that was – that was going through everybody's mind as he was running up the field. Like, he was going for a touchdown as soon as he intercepted it. You're like, oh, he's gone. Oh, my gosh. The Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. All I heard, um, and it, we were as the old vet, and the vet um, was one of those places that didn't have air con- or did not have heating in their press box. It was essentially a pane of glass, and if it was 30 degrees or 20 degrees outside, it was about 20 inside. And um, I found out that weekend that you, you or that Sunday that you cannot type with gloves on. Like right. it's virtually impossible. <laughs> so we were having and, and I remember, you know, at that time, I want to say that some of the computer screens would freeze up. Like when I say freeze up, like the inside, I don't know if it was water, but I don't know, like there was liquid in there. Like, I don't even know. But it it was hard to read your screen. So anyway, all this is going on. Rondi intercepts the pass. And I just remember guys like Rich McKay, Jerry Angelo, and some others were back there. Uh, I believe it was Jerry Angelo was still there at that time, Tim Ruskell, whoever it was. And I just heard this huge bam. And they were sitting over our shoulders a little bit. And it was McKay and those guys. And they were so geeked about knowing they were going to the Super Bowl that they, they smacked the table or whatever they were. They got up sort of while hugging. And they were out of that that press area faster than I've ever seen because they wanted to get down on the field for the celebration. And it was, it was sort of surreal. Like it was, and I will say this, there were, I don't know, 75,000 or so, whatever the old vet used to hold. That place was coming apart. Like that was a really good Eagles team. (laughs) They had Sylvester Stallone. Okay. Like jumping up and down, like Rocky, like the Rocky. It's, it's also, it's kind of weird that the biggest sports hero in Philadelphia is a fictional character, but that aside, um, you know, they they played the whole, you know, Rocky theme, dun, 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 and there he was. There he was in an Eagles jersey at the vet. Like, it was crazy, right? And they take the kickoff. They run the kickoff back to the Bucks 20. Then on the next play, Deuce Daly takes it in for a touch. Like, it was like, oh, here we go, you know, where, where Bucks seasons go to die, Philadelphia. And they came back, and they won that game. And I have never before or since heard that many people not make a sound. Yeah. Not a sound, Tom. It was eerie. They filed out of there. They shuffled their feet outside of hearing cups and things shuffling. It. I mean, you've never seen anything like it. They were just so dumbfounded by that. And it, like I said, and it's it developed in a way kind of slowly. Like you look back at the Brett Phillips play, and it was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Yeah. Or the Marty St. Louis goal. It's like, oh, we're going back to a game seven. Yeah. And or the Longoria one sixty two hundred. Like, oh, they're going to the playoffs. It's like there. It's like suddenly, like it, it almost takes you a second to process it. The Rondé play was, like I said, as he was running, 
Mm-hmm. Everybody in the world, in, or at least in Tampa Bay, was saying the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. The Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. As he's Bowl. running. He's still at the 50, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is unbelievable. Well, I believe it was like a 92-yard return, so it took, right. him, a, it took him a minute to get Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, so that, that's why I still think it Great. was. And it was, the, you know, it was the it was the first championship, right, in Tampa Bay sports history? That's yeah. correct. Quickly followed by uh, the Lightning. By the a couple lightning years later. But, yeah, yeah. yeah, so anyway. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. All right, so you're writing, um, you're of course writing your newsletter for uh, Pointer.org, and uh, a lot of this uh, is political, but we know that sports and politics um, seem to intersect when it's convenient for one or the other. Um, and, uh, and that's I'm glad was, you mentioned that, you know, go ahead. No, go ahead. And then I'll, no, I'll get your thoughts on that. Uh, but I was just going to say, and we'll start with this one. I'm sure this is going to morph into another conversation, but like, I don't know if you saw uh, Raiders owner, Mark Davis had a tweet, um, the other day about the guilty verdict of uh, Minneapolis police officer, uh, Derek uh, Chauvin. Um, and of course, you know, George Floyd, uh, the, the trial uh, of the murder of him, um, you know, in Minneapolis uh, about a year earlier. Uh, it was on Memorial Day, as fact, a, a matter of fact, a year right. ago. Um, and so the verdict came down, and I know, you know, a lot of people were anxiously away. I, re- I watched most of that trial. I just happened to be home because that's where I work, basically. And so I have it on. Um, and, then, and then afterwards, a lot of his relatives, including I believe his brother, was interviewed um, after that decision. Um, and his brother said something like, you know what, um, said a lot of things, but among the things he said was, well, you know, it's a relief, you know, and, and I haven't slept very well and maybe now I'll get some sleep. And he was basically, and he, and he, he finished or, or the, the point he hit was, well, now I, now I can breathe, you know, now I can, I can breathe a little bit, you know, I can breathe. So then Mark Davis sort of no, no context whatsoever tweets out, I can breathe. Right. And then. Twitter does what Twitter does. Everybody was like, whoa, you can't say that. So address- Because it sort of played off sort of the Eric Gardner and – or seemingly um, referred to Eric Gardner or George Floyd. Or George Floyd, who said, I can't, I can't breathe. breathe. Right. 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 So without – it lost its context. Now, he came back and tried to explain it. Um, and, he, and said he, that he had he no idea. That, yeah. Yeah. He referenced the interview, though, with Floyd's brother, who, right. who and, and that he had heard that, and that sort of, I don't know, for lack of a better word, inspired him to tweet that. First of all, uh, he didn't apologize. He won't apologize for it. Um, he didn't think he did anything wrong. But, but secondly, where do you come down on sort of not just Davis, but like the NFL? And look, I'm glad that they have their. Uh, you know, what they have done with respect to, you know, some of their social uh, boards and, and, you know, the Glazers given a million dollars for platforms that, that players, it's important to them to explore. But where you come down on all of this? Like, and I know the NFL had a statement, teams had statements about this. 
What do you make of all this? Yeah, the team's made statements, and I, and I look, I, I think anytime you, you can show support or, um, uh, you know, at least acknowledge what's going on in the rest of the world, I think it's a good thing. And I think Mark Davis, what Mark Davis tweeted, now George Floyd's brother, I believe, has forgiven Mark Davis mm-hmm. or, or said, look, I understand what he was trying to say. Trying to do, yeah. Right. Uh, I think you have to be really uh, self-aware before you tweet anything or say anything. And... Um, and and just make you know just be doubly sure what, of what your message you're trying to get out, um, and I, I look I I think Rick in a lot of ways, actions speak louder than words when it comes to the NFL. Now it's great to sit there and talk about social causes. Okay, how many how many people of color do you have in your front office? How many people uh, persons of color are on your coaching staff? You know, are in positions that matter in your in your organization. Those are the things. To me, that matter, and I know I know there's another topic that you want to get onto uh, when it, when it comes to this. But uh, so while I applaud words, uh, I think we should look at more actions on uh, on how teams truly feel about race and and people of color. You know, and yeah, I mean they, they don't have a great record when it comes, at least of late, um, to uh, minority hirings uh, for head coaches. There's been a couple GMs of late. Um, they still have a long way to go with that. We know the Rooney Rule was created for that. The biggest thing and ownership too. I mean, and ownership. Yeah, the the biggest thing has been um, not that many years ago, and we did shows about this on the radio and stuff at the time. And I don't want to rehash or relive all this, relitigate it, but you know, there was a quarterback who essentially got blackballed, and yes, that's what they did to him. Um, he was not. The talent was not worth the trouble. It was a calculus that every team made for themselves, I suppose. But Colin Kaepernick was trying to, and and I'm not saying he did it well or even perfectly uh, because he made mistakes, but he was trying to draw attention to just this, right? Uh, Social injustice, um, too many uh, people of color getting getting killed accidentally, purposely, I don't know, um, by law enforcement. And he lost his career, you know? And he did not play in the NFL. And now, you know, the league, and and I think you can evolve, and I think you should learn from your mistakes. And I I believe in all those things. I mean, that's what, you know, we're trying to become a more perfect union. But there's something about seeing statements from the league that I I just wonder, were they that far off then? And have they ever really said, you know what, we? I mean, they have said we got it wrong. I mean, they have said that about Kaepernick, I guess, at this point now. But... It just there's something about it that's I'm easy with. I don't know. I can't explain why. It just seems a little, you know. Oh, glad there's you a, got there's there. definitely hypocrisy about it. Is yeah. That, and I and I don't. I think when we look back, Rick, when we look back at the Colin Kaepernick, I think we're already there personally. The mm-hmm. NFL was on the wrong side of history when it comes to that. When it came when it came I, to that, I, I think, think now. So. I think so. Yeah. And I and I think now they uh, they don't want to be on the wrong side of history on this. Mm-hmm. And so. You know, a lot has changed, uh, I think, over the past couple of years, but it doesn't excuse what. Look, I was the first one that was among the first people, as far as columnists or whatever, writing. He had every right to protest. Yeah, you did. cannot tell me, Rick, that he was not one of the best 64 quarterbacks in the world five years ago. It clearly was, yeah. And he didn't have a job. In fact, no. guys who were backing him up. Blaine Gabbert to Glenn back him up at one time, yeah, I think so. And 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 he had a job throughout this whole thing, and Colin mm-hmm. Kaepernick did not. So, I it just yeah, there's a bit of hypocrisy there where you come out now and talk about uh, 
trying to, to, you know, this is, you know, find justice and do what's right. And, and you wouldn't give a guy a job a couple of years ago because he dared to kneel during a, during a national anthem. And I think the NFL owners, quite frankly, were bullied by the president at the time. And also um, by many of the president's supporters who make up a large chunk of the NFL fan base. Yeah. So I, they were more worried about their bottom line than, um, than, than doing the right thing. And and I can hear I can already hear some of the complaints that you're going to get about this, Rick. Is that I don't want to I don't want to mix my sports with politics, with politics or, right. or social issues. Well, sorry, you don't get that choice. Like if you don't mm. like it, don't watch it. And fine, don't watch the NFL if mm. you don't want to see players protest. Right. But that doesn't mean that Colin Kaepernick, because you're uncomfortable with it, that he doesn't have a right as an American citizen to say or do or protest the way he wants to protest. Yeah. You know, and if LeBron James wants to weigh in and you don't tell him to shut up and dribble, just shut you shut up and walk away. Well, the you reverse know? of that is happening in Georgia, right? Because there's there's uh, Major League Baseball pulled the All-Star game out of that state um, in part because they felt some legislation was actually uh, sort of, you know, suppressing voters. Right. Um, that was just there. And Coke and, and others uh, followed suit with some of those some of those. So. In that instance, politicians said, "Well, then don't watch baseball." You know, um, so I mean, kind of. And you know, well, and, and, like I saw this the other day, uh, first take, uh, the mm-hmm. show with Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman did a whole two-hour show on the Chauvin trial and their reaction to it, and and yeah. what happens now and all that. Right. And I know, and I saw some websites and some tweets, and people were, came out criticizing it. And my attitude was like. You if you don't choice. want to watch it, don't watch it. That's right. fine. That's your right. right. But don't tell them what they can do or not do on their show. Sure. That's that's their show. Right. And I happen to think they speak very intelligently about sports and yeah. also about other things, including racial issues. And not every show has to be about a basketball game, you know, yeah. or the draft right. or, you know, what happened in the final four. They can talk about whatever they want. And if you again, if you don't like it, don't watch it. But don't tell them they don't have the right to do it. You know? Right. Well, this is one where, again, the NFL owner, Mark Davis, there, there was that. Uh, we, you know, and, and I think a lot of sports shows you know, uh, brought up uh, this trial because it was a sensational trial. And it had a, uh, a you know, probably a, um, you know. A, it affects a, a re- the whole country. A, a, result, a-, a result that you're going you're gonna to feel vibrations from, hopefully, in a positive way um, for years and years to come. Rick, I remember yeah. this moment. Until the day I die, I think mm-hmm. we all will. We'll remember where we were when we yeah. heard the verdict, you know, yeah. and we remember where we were when we heard that George Floyd had been murdered. You know, I mean, right. these right. are these are important moments for our country, and 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 sports is a part of that. And I and I don't. I'm sorry. It's we've moved well beyond the time of it's yeah. that that we they're separate or it's an escape. You know, and the look. Here's the other thing too. Those sports are none, uh, or they're they're very quick to, to sort of, you know. You I look. I sat it. I watched those games from the press box, Rick, and I've seen American flags that stretch out across the entire field. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell me like, okay, we're going to do that before the game, but if somebody else wants to exercise their constitutional rights, oh, now we're not going to mix uh, politics or you know or uh, any of that. We're not gonna. We're not gonna talk about the flag. Well, you put a hundred foot, hundred yard flag on the field before right. the game. 
Right. So let's let's not act like not now. Oh, okay, we're gonna do it then, but but now that somebody else has something else to say, mm-hmm. uh, we're not gonna mix the two. Like that's ridiculous. So in your newsletter, you wrote about the coverage of this. How how did the networks and uh, and they can go to pointer.org and read that? Yeah, the, the I mean the cable networks were uh, did a really great job. I you know I think I saw where there were this didn't count NBC's ratings for some reason. NBC's ratings didn't get counted in, but I think if you were to include NBC, we're talking probably over 20 million people watched the verdict on, on wow. television that day. Um, and, and and that's still a third of the Super Bowl. So, <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. <laughs> but I mean, it was, I mean, to think about it, it was like four 30 on a work day, you know? And um, yeah, I remember, and, I mean, I remember being, I was at Publix and I heard the, the jury was coming back and they thought it would be within the hour. And yeah. I think most people try to get to a place where they could hear it, you know? Right. Right. Um, just in terms of anticipation, not no comparison, obviously, because totally different trials and outcomes. But I think probably probably one of the most famous since O.J. Simpson, maybe. I was trying the, to think about that. I was thinking, yeah, I was, you know, I was talking to to a few people at Pointer, and we were trying to think like the last time there was a a a verdict that that everybody the country K- sort Casey of stopped Anthony, for. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, Casey Anthony. Like, I don't remember the, the you know the Tra- the Trayvon Martin case. I don't know if yeah. I can't remember. I don't remember watching that. So right, I'm not right. to say that, that it wasn't on or people didn't pay attention to it. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's that would probably be. I mean, OJ's the last one I remember, like sure. stopping and watching and listening to. You know. Yeah. Well, it got it got a lot of attention and rightfully so. And and look, uh, we don't we don't usually talk a lot of politics or or uh, but this is this is something that's happened in this country that i did not turn on a show where i didn't hear people talking about it athletes talking about it people all people across this country um you know weighing in and and unfortunately for mark davis it got to be uh it got to be a, a, a contextual nightmare um it's just for a while there. you know i just it's you got to just think before you tweet think before yeah. you open your mouth like it's, even on, like, even on doing this podcast rick i mean oh like, yeah you have to really be careful on just you know no doubt on what you say and and how you say it and everybody tries to have the good intentions but you just got to be really you can be really careful my good friend herm edwards just say don't hit sin just don't hit sin <laughs> and that's good advice for everybody all right so check out uh, tom jones his newsletter uh every uh, day every week seven days a week 365 days, a week, right? days. <laughs> well, yeah, feels I, like seven I read seven. I know you take no time off, but you can do that on pointer.org. Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. All right. See you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.